You're listening to Pastor Mike Greiner of Harvest Community Church in Catanning, Pennsylvania. We pray that you will be challenged as you listen to his Easter 2018 sermon recorded on Sunday, April 1st, 2018. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org. Let's join Pastor Mike as he preaches. Hello, everybody. Happy Easter. Whether you're worshiping right here in uh, beautiful Catanning, Pennsylvania, or in the Petroleum Valley, or in Indiana, or Freeport, welcome from Harvest Community Church. My name is Mike. Glad you're here. Love Easter. Everything about Easter is good, right? Eggs? Eggs are good. Um, Get a lot of egg salad sandwiches after Easter. That's always a good thing. Um, Back when I was a kid, we used to, my mom used to hide the real eggs, and um, sometimes, and and often we, we we always lived in the South. And in Florida, if you don't find them eggs, they smell after a few days. You will find them. <laughs> I like eggs. I like candy. I like chocolate. I don't know what rabbits have to do with the whole deal. Hippity, hoppity, Easter's on his way. Flowers, tulips, springtime. Who here in western Pennsylvania remembers what springtime looks like? <laughs> People wearing their Easter dresses. People getting dressed up for Easter, like myself, I have a shirt with buttons on. <laughs> Everything about Easter is good. Hopefully we all know that Easter is the time that Jesus celebrates Jesus rising from the dead. It, it, it's, it's the time when the grave became history. There's a lot of uh, graveyards in the world. I think you should always take time to go through graveyards whenever you can, walk through them, read the stones. It's just always good to remember that the people who are now under there um, were once up above here with us, feeling alive, not knowing what death would be like, and now they do know what death is like. And it's good to remember that, because that's going to be you one day. And, the, and graves are horrible. I, I was in the Philadelphia area, and we passed a funeral home, and it, it marketed itself like this. It called Life Celebrations Funeral Home. I'm like, boy, that's a horrible name. Horrible, horrible name. A funeral is not a life celebration. Because a funeral is not a celebration. If you go to a funeral and you're celebrating, you didn't like the person who's dead. <laughs> I get the point that, that life is worth living and, and we need to remember the value of the person we've lost. But it is sad for a reason. But Jesus overcame the grave by being the first one to get up. And that's what Easter's about. Easter's about the Good Friday beforehand when Jesus died on a cross. A symbol that all the world understands that Jesus died on a cross, but they don't always understand why he died. It's a very simple idea. That is, he was the only perfect man, the only holy man, the only sinless man who's ever lived. And when he died on a cross, he died as a substitute for our sins. And by paying the price for sin, he removed the thing that kills us. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The wages of sin, what you earn by sin is death. That grave, well, he undid it. He got up out of the grave with, a, with the same body, but it was renewed. It was metamorphed. It was made new. It was a body that was strong enough to handle heaven as well as earth. And he beat the grave. He was the one man that went down into the grave, beat it up, and got up again. And then 
His promise to us is to anyone who believes in him gains forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And I think most people around here know that promise. But what a lot of people choose to say is, well, I don't know if I want to add Jesus to my life or forgiveness of sins because he cramps my style. And the problem is they're only thinking of life before they are under the ground. They're life before the dirt nap, right? Life before you're dead. Um, and they're thinking, I don't know if I want Jesus. And they're forgetting that, that Easter really is a preview of coming attractions. The Bible said he was the firstborn from the dead, not the lastborn from the dead. So this Easter, every Easter, if you come to church regularly, you hear the story of the stone rolled away and Mary or Mary or another woman named Mary or someone named Mary. Because all the women in the Bible were named Mary. Coming and looking for Jesus and he's not there. I'm not going to tell you that story. I'm going to assume you know it. I'd rather look ahead to your future. Something that is going to be very important to you one day. And so we're going to look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. If you're a Bible person, you read the Bible, you may open your smartphone now and open it up. If you have a paper version of the Bible, open that up. There's people today who say you should only read the paper because it's traditional. Others who say, no, let's go modern. I say, I don't care what they write it on. As long as it's the Word of God, it's good for me. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, we put it on the wall here to make sure you can read along. So 2 Thessalonians, we're going to go through 12 verses. And along the way, I'm going to skip out and go to some other places in the Bible, but I'll tell you when I do it, so you know it's coming. Paul's writing to the church who's worried about the end of time. Here we go. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, so concerning the return of Jesus. Jesus, we remember Jesus went to the cross. He went to the grave. He rose from the grave. He spent 40 days with his followers. He ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God. But we cannot forget that the rest of the gospel story is he returns. And he's talking about that event. Now concerning that event, but notice it's not just Jesus returns and our being gathered together with him. There right from the beginning was an understanding that when Jesus came, it was a family reunion. It was a party. We all get matching t-shirts and we get together. And he says, now concerning that, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in your mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or by a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us. People were tricking the church by saying, writing a letter and signing it with Paul's name to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way. This congregation in Thessalonica was apparently very subject to falsehood. People were lying to them. They're saying, Jesus already came back. You missed it. Sorry, stinks to be you. You missed it. It's not unusual for this. Uh, The Jehovah Witnesses cult believes that Jesus came back in 1914. I haven't seen them, but they believe that. People come up with this crazy idea that the return of Christ has already happened. And these guys were a little bit upset about that. Now, Jesus taught a lot about his own second coming. And I'm going to move to another text in the Bible in the Gospel of Mark just for a moment to show how he describes what it will be like at the end, right before he comes back. And it says this, Jesus said, in those days, after the tribulation, there will be a very difficult time on the earth. 
The sun will be darkened. The moon won't give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. So when the Lord returns, it is a worldwide event. The sky will tell you. And then he says, and this is the gathering together that he talked about. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect. That means the ones he's chosen from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. So when the Lord returns, he also sends angels and collects everybody who believes in him. And so these guys... In Thessalonica, we're starting to wonder, had the angels forgotten them? <laughs> has, has Jesus already turned and the great gathering happened and the angels didn't? It reminds me of the Isle of Misfit Toys. Who remembers that from the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? All those little toys and, and Santa, Santa forgot them. Remember that? That was a very sad moment in my childhood. Well, they thought, we're like the Isle of Misfit Toys. You know, Jesus came back, and they gathered them together, and we're stuck here in Thessalonica. Paul's like, don't be alarmed. Don't be shaken. Don't be upset. When the Lord returns, you're not going to miss it. All right, let's go back to our text. This is back to Thessalonians. Here's what he wrote to them to comfort them. He said, for that day, the day that the Lord returns, will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. So the, the Lord won't return until there's a rebellion. What is that rebellion? And the man of lawlessness is revealed. People often talk about Antichrist and whatnot. That's this guy. The son of destruction. Who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship. So that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Can't you guys are getting, you know, if you forget what the word of God says, you will be emotionally shaken. Christians do this. They're Christians. They were doing it. Have you ever found yourself worrying over and over about something Jesus has already given you a promise about? You forgot that he takes care of the birds? But you were sure he ain't going to take care of you because you're in some financial mess. You forgot? (laughs) You you just forget his promises? Well, that's what they were doing. And he's saying, don't you remember I told you? Now, I wish I could have been there to hear what he told them because he told them a lot of cool end time stuff. I'd like to ask a lot of follow-up questions, wouldn't you? Well, let's gather from what he says, what he does say about the end And this is in our map. If you're taking notes, this is your time. Before Jesus returns, before he comes back, there will be a rebellion. What exactly that looks like, I'm not certain. I'm going to guess at it a little bit, but I don't know. And an evil man will appear. A A bad man. Bad man. There are some people out there saying all men are bad. In a sense, they're right. In a sense, they're wrong. I mean, we're all sinners, but... That's a male-female issue. Everyone's a sinner. This man will be characterized by lawlessness. He's called a man of lawlessness. What does it mean? Lawlessness, no law. Human beings need laws because laws restrain evil, right? 
This is just, if you get this biblical principle in your head, it'll help you understand any organization, any family system, and any government better. Human beings need laws because humans, unrestrained, will do more evil than if you restrain them with rules that you enforce. Start with children. Some people think, oh, look at that kid. He's nine years old and he's a horrible brat. Well, actually, he was born a horrible brat. The problem is his mom or his dad or both forgot they were to set up laws and enforce those laws to stop the bratness from overtaking the kid's entire personality. That's, that's the problem, right? If you have a nation and you get rid of laws, you get the French Revolution. And you say, well, I don't know about the French Revolution. Okay, forget I said that. If you have a nation without laws, people will do whatever they please, and they please to do evil. Have you ever seen on TV looting? (laughs) The cops ain't stopping us, so we're breaking the windows, we're taking the televisions. And you may say, well, I would never do that. You might do that. If if you knew no one was going to stop you, and you could get away with it, you'd do a lot of things you're not doing. Human beings need laws. Well, this is a man of lawlessness. No law. How can you have no law? It's really easy. Have no God. Have no God, you have no law. Atheists today, they're all over social media. They're the crotchety ones who insult everybody and think they're very smart. They, they, they're, they're like, well, we can be atheists and be moral. You can be atheist and make rules for yourself, but you can't really be moral because you base it on nothing. You base it on nothing. We're having a discussion tonight about elephants whether it's cruel for elephants to bounce balls in the circus. I say it's not. I've ridden an elephant in Thailand. I sat on top of an elephant. The elephant had no idea I was there. Because I don't care how fat I think I am, this sucker was 10 billion pounds. I mean, the thing is huge. Well, there's people who can't have a circus because elephants are bad. Why do you say that? I don't know. I don't know. If there's no God, we can make up whatever rules we want. We can kill babies in the womb. That's not wrong. Of course it's not wrong. It's right. Why? Well, if there's no God, we can make up whatever we want. It's easy to get to lawlessness. Just get rid of God. Somehow this man will be called a man of lawlessness. Somehow he will embrace, (laughs) I guess, being a law unto himself. I don't know what he's going to look like. Second, he's going to claim to be God. Now, you notice how it's put... It says he, he cast himself against every so-called God. So all the fake gods, he's going to cast down. That would be like all the Hindu gods are fake. Like the Islam God, which is fake. The Mormon gods, which are fake. The, all, the, all the statues people worship, which are fake. All the Buddhist religions, which are fake. He's going to say just what I say. He's going to agree with me. They're all fake. Because he's jealous of them and wants to be God. But then he's going to go to the true God, the God of the Jews and the Christians, which is the only God. And he's also going to say, I'm him. He's going to say he is the Christ. He's going to say he is God. He's going to want no religions except for his own. He's going to be copying our God by saying he's jealous. (laughs) I'm a jealous God. And he will claim to be actual God. It is man exalting himself to the highest place he can exalt himself. Better a pagan 
who serves false gods than a man who thinks he is God. Third, he'll be controlled by Satan. He will be called a son of destruction. Satan would love to control all of us. Why doesn't Satan control every human on the earth since every human has sinned? Because of the kindness of God towards every human on earth. He limits what Satan can do in everyone's life. But not this guy. Paul's saying, don't worry, you haven't missed the return because you haven't seen this horrible guy called the man of lawlessness. So he couldn't have come yet. Jesus gave us the ultimate sign of his return. In other words, Jesus, in talking about his return, said, if you see this event, duck. (laughs) Here I come, ready or not. Ali Ali income free. Mark 13, let's jump to that. When you see the abomination of desolation standing where it ought not be, then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. The worst place to be is going to be Israel. Get out! Get out of Israel. It will be better to be anywhere but there. Now what is this abomination of desolation standing where it not be? We have clues, but we do not know. It's spoken of first way back before Jesus in Daniel when some guy, some Greek named Antiochus declared his own godness, built a statue of himself, killed a pig in the temple, which would be very awful to do to the Jews, and said he was God. Worship his statue. That was the abomination of desolation. But here Jesus looks to a future event. He says, when you see it again, well, there isn't even a temple now. How could it... We don't know how it's going to look. I think it's really cool that Jesus says, let the reader understand. (laughs) Or Mark wrote that. Either way, I think this, this is his way of saying, you'll know it when you see it. Christian, you'll get it when you see it. In some way, the man of lawlessness is going to declare himself God while blaspheming the God of Israel, the God of the Jews, the God of the Christians. At the same moment, it'll be a worldwide, we'll see it, and you'll know it. And when you see that, the caca is about to hit the fan. Get out of Israel. An abomination. Man declaring himself to be God. Let me ask you, are we close to that now? I don't know. I think we are, though. We're closer than we were 2,000 years ago. But the thing that grabs my attention, I'd like to point you to, is lawlessness. Lawlessness is increasing. From the time of human civilization up until about the 17th century, the idea that God was the God of your nation was normal. And it didn't matter what your God was. Your God could be Ra if you're Egyptian. (laughs) You know, it, it could be all kinds of gods. But the idea of human beings saying there's no God at all, that really didn't didn't start to get any traction until the 16 and 1700s, the French, the doggone French, their revolution of godlessness. But it's overtaken the world. Communists control, what, a third of the world? And communism is atheistic, right? And then you have all of Western Europe, used to be Christian, but all of them denounce Christian ideas now including the United States governments. Everything, nothing, no religion, no God. And the world has turned into a really weird place. The UN is godless. 
There's a rejection of ultimate truth by the governments of the world. It reminds me of Psalm 2 where God says, Why do the nations raise rage? Why do they plan in vain thinking they can beat me? God, that is. Thinking they can, say, throw off the chains of God. Right now we live in a world that's denying God and embracing lawlessness. I mentioned the killing of babies. It's an insanity that abortion has to be talked about as bad. It shows the level of upside-downness, of of insanity. It's just crazy. You can kill babies in the womb and people demand it as a right and say if you stop people from doing it, you're oppressing humans. The sexual immorality worldwide is being called goodness. It's called goodness. You are evil if you dare to say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. My friends, don't get caught up in the insanity. That's insane. It's insane to have the conversation. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that a man who used to be on the Wheaties box walks around and people say, look at her. It's not a her. His genetic code will tell you he's a he. He's mutilated his body surgically. He's the ugliest woman I've ever seen, and he's not a woman. <laughs> but this isn't to make fun of him. It's just, this is about us as a people. And it's worldwide. We say, oh, you've got to accept that. Why? It's, it's crazy. We live where right is wrong, and wrong is right. This is the time when you make up right and wrong for yourself. I think lawlessness is on the increase. But until you see the man of lawlessness appear, you have not missed the return of Christ. I have not seen him. I don't really want to see him. I might see him. Let's go back to our text. Paul says about the man of lawlessness in verse 6, and you know what's restraining him. I don't know what's restraining him, Paul. He told the Thessalonians they knew. I wish they'd written it down. But he says, you know what's restraining this man of lawlessness now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. Who restrains lawlessness and will do so until it's out of the way? I don't know. I I have a theory. My theory is it's an angel. (laughs) Literally like an archangel holding back Satan. Others have other theories. Here's what I do know. That nobody knows when the man of lawlessness will be here except God himself. God is the one who determines the time. God is the one who will remove whatever the restrainer is. Think about this. Satan does not know when the Lord returns. He has to be ready all the time. He probably was psyched about Hitler. He's like, finally. He's like, nope. False alarm. You know, he had Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan is going to be... Nope. Sorry. (laughs) Mao Zedong. Nope. He's dead. But one of these days, God is going to say, okay, go for it. Take over your man and let him run. What else do we know about him here? It says, then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So this lawlessness when... 
lawless one comes, this Antichrist comes, and he rules on the earth in some sense for a short time. We don't know how long. Somewhere between three and a half and seven years would be my guess. But then Jesus comes back. That's why when you see this dude, the end is near. When he does whatever the abomination of desolation is, the end is really near. Jesus comes back and he just slaps this dude into hell. Love it. Into hell you go. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Jump into the lake of fire. Jesus is a bad, bad dude in the best sense of the word. By the breath of his mouth, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. So whoever this dude is, he's going to look like a miracle worker. The signs are false. It says they're false. But if you can't tell they're false, I mean, David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear. He didn't really, but it sure looked like it. (laughs) He's going to be a wonder worker. The whole world is going to see this guy. He's going to say, I am the God. I don't know what that's going to look like. My guess is is he's, he's going to tell the the, the Muslims, you've been waiting for a great imam. I'm him. The Buddhists, you've been waiting for the final personification of the Buddha. I'm him. To the atheists, you were just wrong. <laughs> You're just idiots. I'm him. And to the Christians, I am the Christ. And then he's going to blaspheme. His number is 666, the number of man. Not Satan. It's man exalted. And it will do wonders. And people will go, wow, check this dude out. And all, with all the wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. Who, there's deception. He will deceive who? Everyone who refuses the truth. The truth of what? Jesus Christ. Which means those of us who love Jesus will look like we're the idiots. Because we're like, not him. And then Jesus slaps him down. I love that part. Uh, A note on the timing of the return of Christ. You may have been taught, and I think wrongly, that Jesus will return in secret and steal you away before this guy comes. Seven years before the return of Christ, Jesus will steal you out of the earth secretly. There is nothing in the Bible anywhere that talks of a secret return of Christ to steal away his church. It's not in the Bible. You say, well, where did the idea come from? I can tell you if you want to know, but it's, I don't have time in this sermon. But it's historical, comes from the 1800s, and it's not true. Everything in the Bible says you don't get stolen away before the bad guy comes. So if you ever had this hope, well, I don't have to see any of this crap, you're wrong. Here's the order. Jesus died, he was buried, he rose, he ascends into heaven, the gospel is preached to all nations, Christians are persecuted. Lawlessness increases. The man of lawlessness arrives. The abomination of desolation comes. More trouble. And then the Lord returns. And then we are lifted up with him. He gathers us. That's the order in the Bible. Let me read to you an account from Jesus. It's rather long. But if Jesus the Lord tells you himself how it's going to be, I think it's worth it if we pay attention. This is from Matthew 24. Ready? Jesus said, see that no one leads you astray. And I think you've got to take this seriously because, my friends, I believe it's highly possible that some of you will see all these things before you die. 
And maybe some of you will never even die because you'll be there to the very end and you'll see it all. So you'd better be ready. He says, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. They will lead many astray. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. You'll hear of, of little fat guys in North Korea are going to kill us all or maybe Putin or the Chinese. It's okay. See that you aren't alarmed. That's got to take place. That's not yet the end. Then they will deliver you, Christian, up to tribulation. They will put you to death. Not every one of you. Or you wouldn't be there at the end, but some of you. And that's been happening. And you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake. Then many will fall away and betray one another. That's talking about the so-called Christians. How do you know who's true? Well, when the fire gets hot, the fakes will go a-running. That's how you'll know. Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because, listen to how Jesus puts it, lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. You know, if you've come to Harvest for any length of time, you know all, it seems like, Pastor Mike, everyone's talk about, the application of every sermon is love one another. Love is your shield. Love is your protection. Love, if you, it, when lawlessness comes up, what goes love? That's why, listen, I believe in defending our rights. I believe in defending the, the helpless. I believe in the Second Amendment. All those things. But what I don't believe is if, if the crap starts to go down, we all got to hide in our basements with our bullets and our beans and shoot anybody who comes to us for food. That's just insanity. That's when lawlessness is increased and your love grows cold. Share your food till you're out. Then I'll starve. So what? You go to heaven. Amen. Amen. Because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Christian, don't let that be you. Let your love increase as lawlessness increases. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Because that's the one who is saved. By endure, it just means keeps your faith. And this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed about the whole world as a testimony to all nations. That's happening now, has been happening for 2,000 years when is it finished? I don't know. It could be finished now. It could be finished tomorrow. I don't know. But it, the gospel goes out to the world. And then the end will come. So when you see, this is the second time Jesus, we see this in the gospels, the abomination of desolation, whatever that is, spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So Matthew quotes just like Mark. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountain. Judea is where the Jews live. Run. The whole world will not be on fire, but Israel will. (laughs) Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been seen from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. It's the worst it will ever be, ever, ever, ever for mankind. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. God actually stops us from killing everybody. But for the sake of the elect, those of us who love Jesus, those days will be cut short. I'm not going to let him kill all of you people, he's saying. And immediately after the tribulation, when the hard times end, those days the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of hell Heaven will be shaken, 
And then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man. Why will they mourn? Because they didn't believe. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And here's that gathering. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Some of you might see that very last day. Now I want to comfort those of you who get afraid. If you watch end time movies and read Revelation, you sit around worrying about Locusts with demon heads eating your face off. That's scary. Locusts with demon heads eating your face off? That's scary stuff. Don't be afraid of locusts with demon heads eating your face off. I want that as a Christian t-shirt. Love Jesus. Don't be afraid of locusts with demon heads eating your face. God can give peace to his people no matter when they live. That's the whole point of Noah. He can rescue you if you're living then you'll be fine. You say, well, I might die for my faith. If you have to die for your faith, he will give you the grace and strength to do it. You're not going to run around in a panic and anxiety, scared constantly. That's not going to be your reality. He will be there for you and he'll be with you. He will give you peace. Jesus made this promise. In this world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome this world. That never stops being a promise. Even if you're alive at the end, Some people think, well, I'm going to wait to follow Jesus till later then. When I see that guy, I want to party. (laughs) I want to do the sins I do. I don't want Jesus trying to straighten me up. I've got a plan. When I see the bad guy, then I'm going to change. Don't think that's true. You will not mock God. And he says in his scripture that if that's you, you will be deceived and you'll go to hell. How do I know? Let me say it right here. (laughs) This is our text from Thessalonians. Therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. When When the bad guy shows up, those who knew the truth and rejected it, God will take away their protection from Satan and allow them to be deceived. That's what that's saying. In order that all may be condemned who what? Did not believe the truth. We're talking about People like you who are hearing the good news of Jesus. If you are hearing it and you know it and you reject it, in that day you will not be able to accept it because you won't believe it. You'll believe in the man of lawlessness because you didn't believe the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness. So don't be that guy. Now, you might be asking this question. I think it's fair. Why are you telling me about all this on Easter? I'm supposed to come and we're talking about Easter eggs and happiness and sunshine and all that stuff. I'm telling you it because the return of Jesus is as true as the resurrection of Jesus. And as as churches around the world testify to the resurrection of Jesus this weekend, we can forget that there's another resurrection coming. And we can act like that's not just as true. And it is just as true. And the resurrection of Jesus on Easter is never meant to be the end of the story. I'm warning you. (laughs) 
Here's, you can take this note. Because it matters what you do in life because it will all come to an end very quickly. When it starts to come to an end, it will come to an end quickly. And if you're sitting there saying, well, what happened in my lifetime? You don't know that. Jesus says he'll come at a time when you do not expect. So if you don't expect him, it could be now. And it'll happen fast. And it matters that you surrender to Jesus now. That's what I'm telling you. So you know. And you can make the right choice. Because one day it's going to be too late. If the bridge is out ahead, wouldn't you hope somebody stood and said, Warning! Stop driving! Right? (laughs) If you're about to be ambushed by bad guys, if you walk down that street, wouldn't it be nice if someone said, Don't walk down that street! I'm telling you this on Easter because this is what the Easter salvation is to bring. Salvation to you. Resurrection to you. And I'm warning you, if you do not repent of your sins and believe in Jesus, you won't like how this thing ends. What you do in life matters. Run to Jesus now before it's too late. Why? Because all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So call on him. There will be another kind of Easter. Let's call it Easter the sequel. Easter 2. In a day when bad things happen all over the world and a hero is needed, Jesus comes back. Easter, the, two, the sequel. You know, something like that. This is how Paul comforts. This is not from our text. It's from another letter that he wrote to the same church. He said this, We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. That means dead Christians. That you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, that's Easter, right? Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died, fallen asleep. So when Jesus comes back, he's got some folks with him. (laughs) For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. He's saying, Jesus told us us apostles this. Well, we don't know when he said it because it's not in the Bible anywhere else. He's saying, Jesus told us this. So this is gold. This is truth. That we who are alive, who are left at the coming of the Lord, to some Christians will be alive and there. We will not precede those who fall asleep. We are not going to join him in the air before the people who died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an angel and the sound of the trumpet. That trumpet's always there. So it's the same event when he comes back. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Freaky, cool moment. I don't know if we'll get to see it. I hope if you do see it, I'm standing in a graveyard. And I'm watching Christians just pop up all over the place. I'll stand next to some grave with praying hands. I'm like, get up. Get up, Sally. And she won't come up. I'm like, you fooled us, didn't you? And then, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> we find out the truth now. Or whatever her name is. I wouldn't pick on anyone in the room, by the way. Can't pick a name nobody has, I guess. Lucinda. The dead in Christ. And then we who are alive, who are left, We'll be caught up together with him in the clouds. That's your often referred to as rapture. That's when it happens, when he comes back. 
to meet the Lord in the air and will always be with him. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Don't be afraid. You're going to be risen from the dead. I've got arthritis. It's okay. You're getting a new back. <laughs> you know, life is hard. It's all right. I lost my husband. You'll see him again. <laughs> You'll see him again. Just cry for a little while. You'll see him again. Final thing I'd like you to write down is fear not. Don't be afraid, Christians. Don't be afraid of these things. Be excited about them. If you live through them, it's because God made you for such a time as this and he'll get you ready. Take courage, have hope, and rejoice. No matter what's happening, your future is assured. This whole thing ends in a party. A party. And you get to go. And there's going to be a metamorphosis. You are a shapeshifter. <laughs> if you're alive, you get to get one of those bodies like Jesus is. Boom! Paul promised this in Corinthians. He said, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. He said, not all of us are going to die. That's what that sleep is. But we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And then he says, at the last trumpet. There's that trumpet when the Lord returns. Christian, are you discouraged by all the evil on the earth? Are you discouraged when you read the news? I've warned you about reading the news too much. I'm serious. Read your Bible. Every day there's a new batch of news purposely designed to tick you off and make you hate other Americans. Purposely. You say, why would people do it on purpose? Satan runs the world, folks. Read it once a week. Why don't you assign yourself a day once a week when you'll read the news. Ignore it the rest of the time so you only have one really crabby day. Take heart instead. The troubles of this world are just the beginning of the end. And a great day of happiness comes. You will see the saints of old. Think about this. You will meet all the saints who ever lived, ever, ever. Even ones you haven't heard of. You might have favorite old dead saints who you read their books or hear about them. But you know what? There's, there's saints, there's people who love Jesus who we've never heard of who are going to amaze us and we're going to love them. Here's something I like to think about. None of you know your great, great, great grandparents. If you go back about three greats, none of you know them. There's hardly any pictures that far back. And you can go back a couple more greats and there's no pictures of them. You don't know them. You don't know what they look like. You may have their eyes. Your kids may have their personalities, have the same hair color, have the same mannerisms, and you don't know them and you never met them. But you go back far enough and you might find some of them love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you'll meet them. You will meet them. And of course, the loved ones you miss that you know died in the Lord, you're going to see them again. And we all get a t-shirt. It's a family reunion. There is a song. I don't think it's a great song musically or lyrically, but it's a, it seems like we don't write enough songs about rising from the dead anymore. And there's an old song that goes, While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus and sing and shout the victory, onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open and we'll tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that'll be. When we, we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. I, we need more songs about dead folks getting out of the grave. I commission now every one of the worship people on all four campuses, find me songs about 
Christians getting up out of the grave, please. I want songs where we're alive again. Because the Bible points us there. I mean, sure, he'll give you strength for the day. Wah, wah, wah. That's all cool. But I, the day is coming when I'm going to be in eternity. Boom. I'm going to have a new body. I cannot wait to see it. You know, or, or, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger just had a heart attack. Or he had open heart surgery. He came out, they said the first thing he said when he came out was, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking about that great body he's got. He's worked hard to have that body. My guess is, it wouldn't shock me if we found out, if we could calculate his time in the gym, he probably spent 30 years of his life in a gym. What a waste of your life. And his body's going to turn into worm food. Now, hopefully, he'll get to know Jesus. I know Jesus. I've spent a good 30 minutes of my life in a gym. <laughs> and wait till you see the body I'm going to be sporting for eternity, baby. Woo! Christian, rejoice. It's Easter. He is risen. He has risen indeed. And you will rise too. If you don't know Christ as Savior, don't believe the crud people told you about Christians being awful people. We're really nice. (laughs) Come meet our Savior. Run to Jesus. Believe in him who died for your sins and rose again and gives eternal life. And then go tell all your friends so they can be there at the end too. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Harvest Community Church. We invite you to join us at any one of our four campuses located in Catanning, Petrolia Valley, Indiana, and Freeport. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org.